Fan Junkies Radio is brought to you by FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking. Joining us here on our Memorial Day program with Fred House Mike and special guest hosts joining me from Five Minutes at the Fred House. Sidekick, Sidekick, how are we doing today? Doing great. We're taking over Fan Junkies Radio. Well, you know, it's getting kind of easy, isn't it now? I mean, the guy takes off all the time. Yep. <laughs> We're going to, today will be a healthy dose of dissing New York teams. <laughs> Oh, you hear that with Jonathan? The cat's away, the mice will play. That's what we do here, right here on Fan Junkies Radio. Absolutely. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, you've had, you've had, Psychic, you've had quite a busy uh, 15 hours there of broadcasting because uh, you were, uh, you made your debut last night on uh, Jim Williams' uh, CLW83.com program, Touch Em All, huh? Yeah, I sure did, yeah. Had a couple technical difficulties, but we got past it, and hopefully, you know, hopefully I uh, kept up to our uh, frat house standards, and uh, they'll invite me back. Very good, very good. So we're good looking stuff. forward. Yeah, we're looking forward to that one being released. I guess that'll be out in a day or so when Carl can get that put up on uh, CLW83.com. But when that comes out, folks, make sure you get over there and check out the Touch Mall program because, well, Sidekick was on it, so I'm sure it was entertaining for sure. Uh, plus, uh, you're heading out, uh, to your hometown. Yes. Uh, tomorrow afternoon, uh, I'll be heading out to, uh, St. Louis, uh, back home. Gotta, you know, gotta take care of mom. Mom's, uh, mom's having surgery on, uh, Wednesday morning yep. and, uh, I need to go out and take care of her. So we'll be doing, you know, Thursday's five minutes at the frat house will be remote. Right. So that'll, that'll be interesting. You might want to tune in that one. That one could get pretty funny. Well, that, yeah. I'll on Skype for that one. We were actually talking about that a bit here, uh, actually yesterday, and we're playing around with the idea that maybe what we would do is kind of change up the format completely on that one and just go with a straight talk show as opposed to doing any kind of sports rap, since we won't have the ability to do any graphics. So, Right, yeah. Well, well that's, that, that could be a rather interesting hybrid type of program, folks. Five minutes at the frat house. That'll be number 91, and that'll be coming out on Friday. So make sure you're checking that one out. Number 90 right now is out. You can find that one over at YouTube. Just go out to YouTube, type in five minutes at the Frat House, or head out to our FratHouseSports.net website, and you can find it there as well. But uh, number 91 should be quite interesting since you're going to be out there in St. Louis. I hope you hope you get some time to take in a, a Cardinals game, huh? I am going to do my best to try to get a game in. That would be very cool. So, it, you know, it's the one thing you got to say about St. Louis – um, it's really hard to get a, get into uh, games out there. Is it really? Uh, yeah, they've you know they they do a good job at uh, selling out there. So um, I'm going to see what I can get. You know, if I get standing room, I get standing room. So how about that? Because um, I mean, two years ago when you and I were out there, I, I I didn't have any trouble getting those tickets. Yeah, I mean it, it's you know there there will be some seats available, but it's you know it, at times it gets to be like the Phillies. 
Like, especially if the Cubs are in town. Oh. Not yeah. the Phillies this year. <laughs> yeah. You know, because, um, you know, it, when when she, when the Cubs come in or St. Louis goes to Chicago, right. you know, it's kind of like D.C. and Philly or the Mets and uh, the Phillies. Mm-hmm. You know, where, you know, the there's, there's enough. There's enough. They're close enough that, you know, uh, you get a lot of the fan supporters. So, you know. A good portion of the stadium is actually the you know the uh, the opposition the, the road team right right so you know which makes for some interest now Grant St Louis is not anything like Philly mm-hmm. you know you're not you know with with uh, some of the you know well, the jeering St. stuff like that is St Louis scheduled yeah. to play Chicago this week I don't know I didn't check their schedule I uh, you know off the top of my head I don't know okay I'm still trying to get my wits about me sure it you know Memorial Day weekend it's you know I yeah, we had I had half day of training on Saturday. We had, you know, I called into the the Saturday fan, uh, you Pratt, know, Pratt House Saturday. Yep, Pratt House Saturday. Uh, yesterday had a, a great barbecue with some friends and stuff uh, up in Jersey. Did touch them all last night for two hours. Um, got up this morning. I was out doing yard work. Now we're doing fan junkie show. I'm gonna go back out do some yard work. I got a family barbecue to do. Then I've got the Fred House barbecue this evening. You know, this after, late this afternoon, this evening. I got to pack. I got to go to work tomorrow early. I'm off to St. Louis. You know, I'm always busy. So when are you heading out to St. Louis? Uh, my flight is out tomorrow at 4:45. So wow. I'll okay. be in St. Louis tomorrow evening. All right. So. Well, obviously, your first uh, responsibility there is to take care of uh, Mrs. Sidekick's mom. So. Yep. All the best to Mrs. Sidekick's mom as uh, she has a little bit of surgery this week, which hopefully is going to be just fine. Everything will be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, knock on wood. You know, everything goes fine. Um, I, you know, I'll be out there for a week, um, but I've got I've already got the permission. If there's you know complications, then I can extend my trip. So okay. Um, I actually have not. I don't have a return ticket yet. You know, just in case you know something happens. Right. We're gonna. I always, you know, I'm going to throw a plug out there. I always fly Southwest. So, um, you know, we check the airfares and stuff. We're just going to do a one-way coming back, you know. Gotcha. Well, uh, yeah, you know, maybe maybe for the show on Thursday, I'll see, you know, see how mom's feeling. Maybe we can get mom. Oh, we get her on. Yeah, absolutely. Have her pop in on the camera real quick. Just say hi and, you know, things are okay. It's, uh, it's, always, a, it's always a good time when Mrs. Sidekick's mom joins us. Yep, and I know Jonathan enjoys her as well. He got the biggest kick out of her being on uh, the five minutes of program the last time. So, all righty, well, let's uh, jump into uh, our, our purpose here, which is to chat a little bit of sports and, well, what the heck, we even do that on Memorial Day. So, uh, and that's why we're here. We don't miss a show, never ever. You can always count on that with Sidekick and I. We never miss a show. Nope. Uh, and we started off today with uh, something we call uh, Today in Sports. And our Today in Sports fact goes back to 1968. And on this day, this is an incredible – I had no idea, Sidekick, that it was this, this many years. But on this day in 1968, after 48 years of coaching, Papa Bear George Hallis retired as the head coach of the Chicago Bears. 48 years he was the head coach of that team. Wow. That means and you remember all those years, don't you? Uh, you, you, oh, you know, if it's not Jonathan, <laughs> it's you. Yes, that's a lot. But, you know, I, I'm sitting here, I'm doing the, the, the math on that. Think about that. That means he started coaching that team in 1920. 
Wow. Holy smokes. But, of course, he is still to this day remembered, right, with the initials on the sleeves of the Chicago Bears jerseys, right? Yep. All right. So there's our today in sports. All right. Now my computer's moving a little slow, as it usually does. <laughs> well, here we go. Uh, 48 years is, is the head, head, uh, head coach of the Chicago Bears. You'll never – you probably will never see that feat again. That's You're absolutely right. You know what I mean? Because, you know, when you talk about 10 years of coaches of NFL teams, you know, Andy Reid uh, just recently, you know – Getting getting the boot out of Philly, uh, well deserved boot out of Philly. Um, you know now the head coach of the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, right? You know, um, yep. so fourteen years, uh, but you know that's a drop in the bucket compared to forty eight. You're absolutely yeah. right. That kind of thing will never ever you, ever yeah. happen again. You'll never see that because we're you know today teams are just it's it's all about um, uh, getting it done now, right? Know? There's no patience. You know, I, I'd be curious to see. I'd have to go back and take a look at it. I should have done that pre-show. Go back and see what Hallis's, uh career record was in those 48 years. Oh, man. See how many seasons, perhaps, maybe there was a losing season. And can right. you imagine, let's say, let's say, you know, you have to figure that in, in 48 years, there were probably a couple of years in a row where there were losing seasons. And if, if a team like the Bears today were to go – you know, consistently year after year after year, we're losing seasons. That coach is gone. Yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was also, you know, also when he was in, it was a completely different era than it is now. Right. Um, right. And, and, you know, and even go to college football, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, with Joe Paterno's tenure and everything, um, I, you know, I don't think in college uh, football you're really going to see anything like that anymore. Probably not, no. You know, schools are, you know, Sports, you know, reign supreme at some of these schools. And uh, we've discussed this on uh, Five Minutes at the Frat House numerous times. Right. And that, um, and I don't think you're going to see those kind of tenures in college football anymore. Not with the you kind know, of money that's thrown around. I mean, I was talking about that on last week's uh, Frat House Saturday. You know, these coaches are being paid millions of dollars, some of them. Yeah, I mean, one, particularly the ones from the from the big premier uh, uh, schools. You know, uh, those Big Ten, that SEC. Uh, uh, conferences, those coaches are being paid millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, some of them. I mean, they've got like almost rock star status. Exactly. You know, when, exactly. You, when, you, when you talk about, you know, like the Nick Sabans and, you know. But when you think about being the head coach of uh, a game like football from 1920 until 1968, wouldn't it be neat to get somebody like George Hallis on the side and say, Sit them down and say, hey, tell me what you saw as the evolution of this game over those 48 years. Because when you think back to 1920, Psychic, you know, they were wearing leather helmets. You know, just the equipment alone, how that changed from 1920 to 1968, uh, that's amazing right there unto itself. And then, of course, how the game certainly had to have changed in those 48 years. It would be really neat. If we could get somebody like George Hallis, you know, today on the side and say, "Tell us all about the history of the game and how it evolved." Oh, that, that would that would be a great conversation. I mean, yeah, you know, you'd almost I'd be on the edge of your seat listening to that. Yep. You know, they. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, you know, you hear these these kind of fantasy things. 
if you could if you could have a foursome on a on a uh, on a golf course with you, who would be your three choices? I think Papa Bear George Alice might be one of mine. Oh yeah. All right, let me throw out the number because we are. Uh, hey, it's Memorial Day and we're taking calls. We'll uh, listen to anything you have on your mind. You can give us a holler here, uh, and we'll talk just we'll talk about anything, whether whether we've got it on the agenda or not. Three four seven two three seven five three seven three. That's how you can climb in with Sidekick and I. And like I said, whether we've got it on the agenda or not, if you've got something on your mind uh, with regard to sports, uh, something about one of your teams, uh, something about a player, anything at all, uh, feel free to give us a call here. Three four seven two three seven five three seven three. Yeah, I mean, hey, Psychic's on the show. We're talking about Memorial Day. This is the, you know, the official start to the summer season. We can talk about bikinis, beach, shore, you know, hey. Cheerleaders. Cheerleaders. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure we got, you know, we got the OTAs. You got to get the cheerleaders in, get them training, get them uh, up to par, too, you know. Sidekick just will not talk about the NHL. That's the one thing he does not talk about. Nope. So if you want to talk NHL, well, you're just going to get my side of it. Yep. You'll get crickets for me. That until, is, until, until the end of the season. season. Until Once next season. season ends, I will go back to talking about it because then we can be talking about next year. So, and, you know, next year when the season starts and everything, expect to see me on five minutes at the frat house talking about the NHL again. Just for everyone's uh, edification out there, uh, Sidekick has uh, consistently stated I am a fraud when it comes to the NHL. So, uh, well, you, you were you were very verbal with your outrage at the lockout. Yes, and then is you know, <laughs> you know, my my contention, and and I was too. I was very critical of the lockout, and that fans need to you know show the NHL that hey, this is nonsense. You guys need to get your act together. But unfortunately, what happened was as soon as the con- you know the lockout was ended, everybody went back full force back to the NHL, and they're making as much money this year with a shortened season as they did last year. Actually, it, we we've talked about that here on the on on Fan Junkies Radio. I, I may have even brought it up to you privately because God knows I can't bring it up, you know, uh, publicly on the show because you won't talk about it. But uh, actually, if you prorate uh, over the shortened season. The NHL has actually made more money this year. Had it been a full season, they'd be looking at close to four billion dollars in revenue exactly. this year. So, so, so the NHL, you know, from their standpoint, you know, and we'll, you know, since we're talking about, it, we might as well, you know, you'll get me talking about the NHL here. Um, <laughs> there so is we'll, a you know, we can madness. talk about it. There is uh, a mess my madness. You know. Uh, the NHL now sees no no impact from the from the lockout. No, absolutely. You know, not. they know, hey, the fans all came back. We made, you know, the shortened season we made as much as we did last year. If you would, you know, if you had extrapolated it out to a whole season, we would have made 4 billion dollars. We would have made more than last year. So, okay. Anytime we have a contract dispute, we'll just, you know, we'll just lock out the players. And eventually the players will soften up and we'll get to some point where we can get a contract again and the fans will come back and who cares. So, and that's the crux of my refusing to talk about the NHL this season. Um, I will talk about the lockout because I think that's important. Um, 
But as far as the rest of the season goes and the playoffs and everything like that, the season's dead to me. This season never happened in my books. Um, and that's kind of where I've had my, you know, opposition with you, Mike, is because, you know, you were very, you know, very vocal in your, you know, burning epitaphs and everything. <laughs> and then the day after the, con- you know, the lockout ends, you're wholehearted back into it, you know. And I understand also the standpoint that you and Jonathan, and Jonathan as well, because Jonathan went back. Um, now, I understand, you know, for you and Jonathan, it was having to, you know, you have to report on the news. Right. And I understand that. And as a, you know, quote, unquote, sports journalist myself, I have a responsibility there. But I've let my responsibility fall on you. You know, obviously on five minutes, we need to report this, you know, the standings and the playoffs and all that stuff. So that's why I've stayed silent for the the bulk of the season and let you talk about that. Right. So that at least we, you know, as a show, we're doing our, you know, our responsibility of reporting it. But I've taken on the uh, the fight. Well, you make a very valid point. I, I mean, from the standpoint that uh, with the knowledge that the NHL has – that the fans are going to come back regardless of what we do to them. In other words, we can do whatever we want to you folks, because guess what? We already know that you're going to come back anyhow. Uh, in, in many respects, we, we as fans have given up any kind of leverage, potentially, that we could have had. Uh, and, and you're right. There, there's no way then, at, even at some point into the future, we could do them any harm. Uh, because we have given it up, we as fans have given it up by virtue of coming back. In the in the it, not only not only coming back, but coming back with the unity that we have. Uh, you're, you make a very valid point. I mean, we have nobody to blame if there's say another lockout in. Oh, I don't know. I, I think this contract is good for six years, maybe uh, six with a seventh year option. So if if in the future there's another uh, uh, stalemate, and they lock everybody out, and there's no hockey again in say six years or something. They're, they're, you know, we have nobody to blame for that but ourselves. So, good point. But I, I, you know, and I, I, you know, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, part of part of the reason that I do talk about it is because I feel that here on Fan Junkies Radio and also over on Five Minutes, we 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 kind of do have a responsibility. Not, you know, not to look the other way and to pretend like and and act and ignore it. We have to we have to recognize that there is a season as ridiculous as it might have been. You know, it being forty eight games as it was. I mean, it, it's kind of kind of ridiculous. But but since we're talking NHL, I'll tell you what. I'm going to flip it up here a little bit and uh, uh, we'll start it off with the NHL real quick because there was a game last night and that was the San Jose Sharks uh, beat the uh, LA Kings two to one and have tied that series up now at three games apiece. And just the other day, right here on this program, uh, I had said to Jonathan, this series is going to go to seven games. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, in fact, that's exactly where it has gone at this point. We'll be looking at a deciding seventh game uh, in that series uh, as the uh, as the series is now tied up at 2-2. Uh, there is a game today, I believe, yes, there is. And that is the uh, Chicago Blackhawks 
uh, will be playing at Detroit. Uh, that is on at 8 p.m. Uh, this evening, and you can catch that over on uh, NBC uh, Sports Network. Uh, now, that, that series is right now in favor of the Detroit Red Wings. That is a 3-2 a to two series right now in favor of Detroit. Rather surprising. Chicago did win Game 5 to make it a 3-2 series. They are, again, in a must-win situation where they're going to need to tie that series up tonight. Of course, they've got a bit of a disadvantage since they're going to have to do it in Detroit. If anybody, however, is capable of doing that, it would be Chicago, in my opinion. So, kind of hoping for Chicago to uh, tie that series up. Um, I'd like to see Chicago. I really, I, I really would like to see Chicago go on and play in the Stanley Cup Finals. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, interestingly, over in the East, uh, we know who the Eastern Conference Final is going to be, and that set up uh, as a terrific, terrific matchup, in my opinion. Uh, we're going to have the uh, Boston Bruins going up against uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, two black and gold teams right there going to be going up against each other. Uh, so that should be a terrific series when that one gets going. So that's the Eastern Conference Final. We know who's playing there. Uh, we're just waiting on finding out who's going to be playing in uh, the West. And uh, that'll be determined in Game 7 between the Sharks and uh, the Kings. And then, uh, well, it could be determined as early as this evening in Game 6 between the Blackhawks and the Red Wings. And I will uh, I will stop now with the NHL uh, chat uh, so Psychic can jump back in on the conversation. 347 <laughs> If you want to talk about uh, anything at all on your mind, uh, if it's hockey-related, however, anticipate that you'll just be talking to me. Uh, we had an NBA game last night, uh, Psychic. We sure did. And I know that you have been covering the NBA for us over on Five Minutes at the Frat House. Uh, I was a bit perturbed last evening at the Indiana Pacers. Uh, in fact, I'm still a bit perturbed at the Indiana Pacers. The Indiana Pacers came out and played two really, really strong games against the Miami Heat. In game one, they lost the game by one point in overtime uh, to the Miami Heat. Right, that was game one. Yep. Correct. And then on Friday, they did something that I don't think anybody expected them to do. They won game two. In Miami, 97 to 93. And a lot of analysts were saying that there was no way that Indiana could come back in game two and play with the same kind of intensity that they did in game one. But they did. They absolutely did, and they won the game. And that set the tone for game three, which was last night. The series tied up at one game apiece. Indiana had, for all intent and purpose, gained themselves home field, home court advantage now. And what did they do in game three? They laid a big, big egg at home in Indiana. They lost 114 to 96. And frankly, I it just infuriated me <laughs> to come out and play as well as they did in the first two games. And then to do that last night was very, very disappointing. Let me ask you, sidekick. It could, it, could, the, could the Pacers beat? Miami, or is this just a lot of whimsy on the part of all of us out here? And make no mistake, I mean, I think unless you're a true Indiana fan, 
if you're rooting for the Pacers, it's because you're a LeBron hater. I don't care what you say. Well, I'm rooting for the Pacers because I am a LeBron hater. <laughs> and you'll admit it. But, yeah, absolutely. I don't like the guy. You know, I you know, he was he you know he's blessed with so much talent. You know, if he could just be a little more humble, then you know I'd be okay with it. Well, me, I just don't like the sh- you know all the showmanship. So. Well, okay. Let me let me ask you a question though. I mean, when you say humble, I mean, what what are you referencing? Uh, you know, like the whole coming out of you know Cleveland and going to Miami and that whole shenanigan. Um. So you're and, talking about the show. Yeah. All right. So well, that's and that, that whole thing transpired. Mm-hmm. You know, the the show, and then all the pomp and circumstance with them, you know, with Wade and all, you know, coming out in Miami. And okay. Stuff, yeah. You know, yep. having that big show. You know, not you know, not just the ESPN special, but you know, the whole song and dance that they did when they came out in Miami with the three of them, and you know, all that stuff. You know, that didn't really need to be done. You know, I mean, you know, we know you're good and you're, you know, you're, you know, you're this generation's, you know, player. You know what I mean? Uh And that even though you've still only got one ring, um, you know, Miami's trying to, you know, they're doing what they can to buy championships. You know, if he was just a little more humble and, you know, I'd be okay with it. Uh You know, Um, I, you know, we, we know he's great. You know, no nobody's going to take that away from him, and that. But if you know, you, we could do a little bit less with the showmanship, then by all means, I would not be on the hating uh, bus. You know, he doesn't strike me quite as egotistical as Kobe Bryant. And I'm not a big, I'm not a big Kobe fan either. Well, I'm not either for the same reasons. You know, and I, I, you know, I, Kobe's good. See, that's where I kind of think that, that uh, a lot of us, and, and you know, look, I, I'm not, I, I don't know if I'm really a LeBron hater it, it, so much as I am. I, I just really don't have an opinion about the guy at all. You know, uh, I love, I love getting involved in the debates with folks who want to talk about, you know, who who could be, who will be. The better player in the end, will it be LeBron or Michael Jordan? And frankly, I don't think anybody's ever going to come close to Michael Jordan numbers. Um, no, not at all. But um, uh, sorry. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm really necessarily a hater. Um, I thought the show was a bit over the top. Um, I thought it was a little bit unnecessary. And I agree with you. I think the parade that they did going down there into Miami uh, and practically ordaining themselves as the you know, next two, three, four-year reigning champion before it ever even happened was a bit much. Right. Um, But really, when it comes right down to it, I think that a lot of people are tainted about James simply because of the show. Uh, Because I really don't see him being the kind of egotist that Kobe Bryant is. I I mean, Kobe Bryant is renowned for... Being a meddlesome individual when it comes to that Lakers team, if it, it if it doesn't meet Kobe's standard, well then guess what? You're going to hear about it as a fan. You're going to hear about it if you're a member of the media, and and very very frequently 
He's going to be manipulating things behind the scenes to affect management. We know that. Oh yeah. I don't see. Look- I don't see LeBron doing that. Right. No. I. I think Kobe's on a different level. You know, if you look up prima donna, you're going to see Kobe Bryant. <laughs> you know, um, you know, he he's on a completely different level with with his whole. Yeah, I don't want to say game because his game's not. Uh, you know, I mean, his game's not on the same level as LeBron. First mm-hmm. of all, mm-hmm. um, I will give that to LeBron. Um, but his shenanigans out there with the Lakers and, you know, all this stuff with him and Shaq and, you know, yeah. And then later on, of course, this season too as well. Yeah. All the nonsense between him and Dwight Howard. and uh, You know, there's been a lot of uh, thinking that perhaps maybe that's why Howard will not be there with the Lakers next year. A lot of it may have to well, do with the relationship between he and, uh, and Kobe Bryant, who, you know, Kobe has consistently said, well, hey, you know, he makes no qualms about it. This is my team. Well, I hope, you know, I said this with Peyton, so I'm going to say this again with, you know, I'm going to say this again with LeBron, or not LeBron, but uh, Kobe. But, you know, I, you know, I'm not going to miss him if he doesn't come back to the game. Right, right. With with this uh, Achilles issue that he's got that uh, is, you know, has ended careers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if he doesn't make it back, I'm not going to shed one tear. Well, I so. probably wouldn't either, albeit I personally think he's going to come back. Uh, let's put it this way. He certainly is going to make every effort to, because I think that's just where he, I think that's just how he rolls. Uh, Kobe Bryant, yeah, right. He's going to make an attempt. He's going to make an attempt to, to come on back. Yeah. We've got, we've got one of those. There we go. There we go. Um, I'm here all week, folks. Exactly. Tip your servers. But let me, let me go back to my initial question. Now, obviously had the Pacers won last night, they would have been leading the series at that point, two games to one. Uh, a lot of people have kind of analyzed this whole situation and saying that if anybody's going to beat Miami, it's going to be Indiana. It will not be one of the teams coming out of the West in either San Antonio or Memphis, that it's going to be Indiana. Do you think, if you were betting right now, knowing what you know right now, that the series is 2-1 to one now in favor of Miami, who would you bet on in this series? Wow. <laughs> I would probably bet on the Pacers because the odds would be better. The payday would be bigger. Oh, okay. So you're looking at it strictly from a uh, from a, from a a payout situation, not necessarily who you actually think is going to win. Yeah. I, unfortunately, I, I think, you know, my gut tells me that he's going to walk away. Yeah. And that, but, you know, if I was betting, I'd, you know, I think I'd try to put my money on the Pacers and try to get the payday. Yeah. Because I, I, I think they, you know, they legitimately have a shot. You know, I've I got some concerns here. You know, we were talking pre-show. Uh, you were saying that, you know, all the analysts were saying there's no way the Pacers can come back in game two and keep the pace with the Heat, um, you know, after game one. And they came back and they won game two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, have have the Pacers used up their tank? You know, uh, you know they come out and they're you know uh, they're flat in Game Three, right? Um, you know, Miami just walks all over them. You know, have we seen what the Pacers have for the Heat? That's a good are they, point. You know, are, you know, is it the Heat's championship now? You know, 
Are they just going to walk over the Pacers the next couple games because the Pacers don't have anything left to give? Right. Or, you know, did you know, can the Pacers bounce back now? And, you know, you know, I you know, I know it's a home game for them, but I'm going to say can the Pacers come back in game 4 and steal one from the Heat? Yep. You know, well, and that's um, a, that's a great point because uh, as and I think it's one of the reasons that I pointed out that that, that I'm actually kind of annoyed and a little bit angry at Indiana because Here's game three. It's your first game at home in this series. You're up, you know, for all intent and purpose, you're up in the series. You have just beaten Miami at their own home in Miami. You, this is a game that they should have come out ready to play. And they should have had their A game going, and there should have been no way that Miami even had a chance at winning this game. Right. Uh, let alone winning by damn near close to 20 points. I mean, that's the thing that I find that that's where I'm kind of annoyed about it. And, and you you make you make a very valid point. Is it possible that Indiana has used up their tank? Right. And uh, here and see, this is uh, Jaeger says hi. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, that's all um, right. We get that with Jonathan all the time as well. <laughs> um, you know, and this is you know you you'll hear this out of us a lot. Uh, and this is where I kind of differ with you on this. Is you know, I'm not surprised that they came out and lost game three. Um, they had two strong games in Miami. Um, you know, it's David Goliath, really. You're talking about taking on the Miami Heat. I'm not surprised they lost this game three. Um, I hope that they can rebound, though, and take game four. Um, and this, you know, they can push this series to at least to seven games and make it, you know, make it one of the one of the best series in this championship. Yep. yep. You know, cuz we're, you know, I I think they've got the, you know, the pieces in place that, you know, do do I think they really can beat the Miami? I'm not quite so sure, but I think they're going to make this a series. And I hope that they haven't used up everything in their tank. Yeah, I hope that's the case as well. I'd like to see them uh, you know, obviously I'd love to see them beat the Heat, but um um, it it it's got me a bit concerned at this point that to to lose the game last night as they did as badly as they did in a game that I in my opinion like I said I think that they absolutely should have won and should have had full control of um, is is a, a a little bit disappointing and is a a little bit uh, concerning. All right. Uh, all righty. We have a game four uh, this evening in uh, the NBA, uh, and that is the San Antonio Spurs at the Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies have got their back to the wall now at this point. They are down in the series three games to nothing, and San Antonio, uh, in fact, could wrap that series up. Uh, So that game uh, will be played at... Uh, 9 p.m. this evening uh, on ESPN. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, okay, we're having a little technical difficulty here. Uh, no, I'm, I'm here. Okay. I'm sorry. All right. The I guess the the volume button on my mic uh, on my speakers got got turned down. I couldn't okay. hear you there for a minute, and I didn't know if we dropped or not. So Yeah, you had me, had me a little bit. I was thinking to myself, okay, wait a minute. Are we on the air then? <laughs> All right. Uh, 
So I was just mentioning we've got a game four uh, coming up this evening between San Antonio and Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Memphis has been uh, another Cinderella team, and it looks like talking about a team that's out of gas. Uh, they are now down three games to nothing against San Antonio. San Antonio can finish that series up. Uh, that game will be in Memphis. Uh, s- simple case here, uh, uh, psychic, I would say. Uh, the Emperor's got no clothes, right? I mean, this is the Cinderella story is over. Right. Yeah. Well, as I said on this, uh, you know, this week's five minutes, uh, it appears the Cinderella, the Cinderella Memphis Memphis Grizzlies, who try to say that, uh, have broken their heels and they are done. Yeah. Um, you know, I, you know, at, at three games to nothing, I, I can't see them coming back. Uh, I think you can just go ahead and, you know, say the Spurs are going to the finals. Yeah, I would, I would agree so. with you. And I mean, even even if you know by chance, and it's very possible that Memphis could win one game yet. They could win this evening. Um, the, the task they have ahead of them to win four in a row against a team like San Antonio um, just ridiculously unlikely. Not going to happen. All right. So there's our NBA. Update. Well, here let me let me throw yeah. something out. Some yep. hypotheticals out. So okay, so we know we we pretty much know San Antonio's going on. Now in the finals, would you rather see San Antonio versus the Pacers, or would you rather see San Antonio versus the Heat? Uh, I'd rather. <laughs> boy, that, now you're going to put me in a in a. Or okay, let me. Which do you think would be a uh, a more entertaining uh, matchup? I think, uh, well, you know, I don't know, because so many analysts have indicated that they think that San Antonio against Miami, that in fact it wouldn't be, you know, that's not a series that's going to go seven games. Um, You know, I've heard a lot of people indicate that they think that that the Heat would probably have their way with them. Uh, If you want a good competitive series, uh, the thinking is it would be better if it were San Antonio- and Indiana, uh, I, who would I like to see? I'd like, I, I'd like to. I think I personally would like to see San Antonio go up against Miami because I think San, San Antonio's got the p- potential to beat Miami. I think they do. So I guess if you're asking me where, where what what would be the matchup I'd like to see in the finals, uh, I would say San Antonio and uh, Miami Heat. Okay. Albeit, I just got done saying I really hope that Indiana wins the uh, wins the Eastern Conference. So, <laughs> oh, anyhow, but there's our there's our NBA chat. If you want to throw in on that, if you want to jump in on anything we had to say there, three four seven two three seven five three seven three. You can give us a call here, and uh, uh, you know don't don't murder us uh, because when it comes right down to it, while Sidekick and I do follow basketball, we're not. As big a basketball fan as I would say, say somebody like Jonathan. So don't murder us too, too badly. We're just kind of chatting. Two guys talking sports. That's what it's all about. Now give us a holler if you care to on that one. Let's take a look at what's happened uh, right now in uh, Major League Baseball. You did a lot of that last night on the Touch Mall program, I'm sure. Uh, right. Probably analyzed things inside out and backwards. Uh, boy, oh boy. Uh, I'm just looking down the um, the scores from yesterday. Uh, and they're they're sit the Nationals six to one against the Phils. Uh, I'm not so much looking at that box score. 
Psychic as I am, looking at Cole Hamill sitting there at one and eight. Holy smokes, who'd have thunk that one? Cole Hamill's one and eight. And, of course, the talk has been that they're just not getting any run support for him. You guys didn't happen to talk about that situation last night on Touch Em All, did you? No, we didn't. Okay, because I thought perhaps maybe Jim might have brought it up since I know Jim's a big Phil's fan. But, wow, that's a, a rather shocking situation. Um, but, anyhow, let's take a look uh, real quick at the standings. New York and Boston right now uh, in a virtual tie, but right now technically New York's got the edge in uh, the American League East uh, by virtue of record. They have, uh, they're have they one game better, uh, but they're actually tied uh, for first place in uh, the American League East. Baltimore now three and a half games out of first in third place. And, and the Yankees, I mean, you know, with all the injuries they've been dealing with, and they're still up there. I've been saying uh, for the better part of, I guess, a good uh, about the past two, two and a half, three weeks or so, they've got to be my number one surprise, I think. With Not only with all the injuries, but then the fact that everybody was expecting Toronto to be coming out of that division going gangbusters with all the acquisitions they got, thanks to our buddy down in uh, Florida. Um, <laughs> yeah, we talked a lot about him last night. <laughs> oh, did you really? Yeah, well, we... we yeah. <laughs> I had said to uh, to Jim that we were going to come up with a name for him, so that we don't call him by his by his na- name. You know, it'd be something like uh, you know, you know, something like the Voldemort situation. You know, uh, you know how they in, in Harry Potter how they wouldn't refer to him by name, and that's what we have to do. We have to come up with a name for the guy down there yeah. in Florida, so that we don't actually refer to him by name. But uh, everybody, a lot of people thought Toronto was going to be the team that was going to be running away with that. Uh, that division, and no, uh, lo and behold, it's New York Yankees at, uh, with a 30 and 19 record, playing 6-12 ball, five and five in their last ten. Boston, however, is seven and three in their last ten, and they're holding tight right there with uh, the Yankees. Kind of rooting for Baltimore though to come on a little bit, a little bit more. Uh, in the Central, uh, that keeps going back and forth, back and forth. If, uh, you know, it, it, Detroit, Cleveland, Chicago, Kansas City have all had their share of the top spot there in the Central since the season began right now for at least a minute. The Detroit Tigers are holding on to that one, a game and a half in front of Cleveland. Cleveland's been hot recently, uh, but now, right now, in a three-game losing streak, they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Um, and your, your, your pick, uh, your surprise team, the Royals, have kind of really cooled off. Uh, they're sitting six and a half games back. They're currently in a series with my Cardinals. Right. And one in nine in their last ten. So there you can see where the difference is. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, call it uh, call it coming back to reality uh, there for uh, the Kansas City Royals. I guess there was just no way that they could possibly keep the momentum going. Uh, well, at least for a couple of weeks there, they gave me a little bit of something to get excited about and hang my hat on and promote them. But uh, now, for they're, they're, as you point out, they're in fourth place in the uh, in the AL Central. Over in the AL West, uh, Texas. Uh, it's been Texas, nothing but Texas since the beginning of the season. Texas, four and a half games uh, in front of the uh, Oakland A's. Over in the uh, NL East. Well, actually, to talk about the Rangers. Yep. I mean, it's been a couple of years now where the Rangers have ruled that division. Yes, they have. And, you know, it's almost, uh, you know, bridesmaid never the bride, it seems like, for them. 
um, you know, they they all you know almost always get in the playoffs, and then somehow something happens, they're knocked out of the playoffs. Right. I mean, are these guys going to you know finally get the right mix and win a World Series or not? I don't know about a World Series, but when you take a look around the American League, and we talk about the Yankees being the surprise team at the top in the East, uh, you got to think at some point or another. Uh, the rooster's going to come home to crow with the Yankees. You, the, some of the, something's going to catch up with them. You would get, you got to think, um, and I think that they're going to start to fall off at some point or another. Who would be the rival that could take on Texas in the American League? Detroit? Would it be Detroit? You know, last year Oakland was staying right there uh, with uh, with Texas. Uh, this year Oakland doesn't quite just. Quite seem to have the, the the same, I don't know, power that they did last year. Right. So I don't know. I mean, it, it's tough to say who potentially could outlast uh, the Texas Rangers in the American League to represent the American League in the World Series. You know, I'm looking down at the LA Angels right now, 23 and 27. They've won eight in a row. Right. And so suddenly we this were... team has gotten hot. We were actually talking about that last night on Touch 'Em All. Uh, that the so far this season, the hitting's been there all season. Mm-hmm. Their their kind of you know Achilles' heel has been their pitching, mm-hmm. and the difference that uh, you're seeing right now in this eight game win streak is that they finally have started getting their pitching in, under control. Well, that and Mike Trout, and their, right? And their their ERA has you know has started falling collectively. Um, so. You know, they, one of the things we were talking about last night was can the Angels make the playoffs? Nine games out right now. Um, you know, they've gained a full a full game already this week. Um, can they? You know, are they still in the hunt, or or are they done? And that so, and I guess that's left to be seen. Can they? You know, can they get hot now? You know, into the summer and start to make a run for the playoffs at this point. Well, I think the uh, you know I I obviously I haven't heard the program from last night yet. Uh, but my suspicion would be the overwhelming consensus there was, well, wait a minute, it's far too early to say they're done. Uh, and could they still make a run at it? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, just look at what they've done, uh, you know, with this eight-game eight, eight game winning streak. And you're saying, well, you know, maybe they've got some of their pitching uh, questions answered. But, of course, I think also Mike Trout has helped kind of spur that offense uh, recently. Sure. So, uh, tell me, what was the consensus coming from everybody there? I, I think everybody probably said, well, the Angels are still in it for sure, right? Right. Yeah, they're, you know, they still got a shot at it. They still got a chance to make it. So. Yeah, and I would, I would, I would concur. Um, of course, I'm saying that too, haven't been the one that <laughs> projected them to win the World Series. You know, so I'm kind of rooting for them because, uh, <laughs> I had the LA Angels not only winning the American League, but going on and and winning in the uh, World Series. So, eh, well, we'll see how it goes. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, it certainly looked like they were dead in the water, but um, an eight-game winning streak can help a a lot of things out real fast. All right, over in the NL uh, East, the Atlanta Braves continue to hold the top spot uh, there in the East. Uh, I had mentioned on, uh, on our Frat House Saturday program here, on Fan Junkies, that they had cooled off uh, there for a couple of weeks, sidekick, but 
suddenly they've gotten hot again, eight and two in their last ten, uh, and now four and a half games in front of the Washington Nationals. Uh, let's throw that question at you. Let me throw the uh, LA Angels question at you with regard to the Washington Nationals. Can the Nationals win the East yet, or is this Atlanta's division to own? No, I mean, if you remember uh, in you know our preseason talk, I you know I thought the Nationals were the the team to beat in the NL. Um, so I think they still got it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they're, you know, they're sitting at four and a half games back, um, but I you know it's still a long season. I I think the the Nationals are still still definitely in this race. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. But boy, oh boy, Atlanta, uh, 15 and 5 at home is their home record. Wow. Um, of course, I, uh, over in the NL, I had Washington winning it all, representing the National League and going up against the Angels in the World Series. So we'll, we'll see how that continues to go on. Over there in the Central, we were talking top of the show about your St. Louis Cardinals. Um, they have led that central division, I think, almost since day one uh, when the season began, and they continue to lead it a game and a half in front of Saint, uh, in front of Cincinnati, uh, who are tied for second with Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh uh, Pirates hanging in there. Would you refer to them as a uh, as kind of a, a surprise team uh, sidekick? No, absolutely. I mean, you know, you look at their last ten; they're eight and two. Yep. You know, they're on a two-game winning streak. They're, you know, they've been in. You know they've been competitive in the division the whole time. Um, so it's the the Reds. Uh, we you know the Cardinals had lost the uh, first place spot to the Reds for a little while, uh, and then gained it back. And that um, whereas you know you look at the Cardinals, they're six and four in their last ten. Uh, you know their you know their streak is one win. Uh, you know they've cooled a little bit, so which is you know helping out Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. So. Uh, I think this is one of the tightest divisions you're going to see in baseball right now. This and uh, the NL West. Interestingly, are, Pittsburgh. You know, you've got three teams. You know, you got three teams that are competing for for first place. Right. And then you've got two teams that are kind of just like you know, yeah, we're we're checking out for the season. You know, and well, you know, we've got the Chicago Cubs in the West, and you know, they check out every season. So you know, <laughs> no surprise there. Interestingly, though, Pittsburgh, in my opinion, has done what they're doing. Rather quietly, they're doing it without a lot of uh, press. Let's put it that way. Nobody's really talking about Pittsburgh, and they seem to be flying under the radar a little bit at this point. So, uh, 31-19, and 19, the Pittsburgh Pirates are. Hmm, how about that? Over in the West, uh, we were talking about this a little bit uh, the other night, and uh, kind of joking about it a bit, uh, sidekick, you and I were on five minutes at the Pratt House. Uh, as of Thursday night, there was a three-way tie. We continue to have a two-way tie right now between the Arizona Diamondbacks and the San Francisco uh, Giants. Uh, both teams are only one game in front of the Colorado Rockies. Uh, is this a situation where nobody really wants to lead? No, I, and, you know, the surprise, or, I think, here is Colorado. Um, I think I Arizona. Think What's that? I think Arizona. Yeah, I mean, I guess both, you know, people, you know, expect that, the Giants to be up there, but you know my I guess my pick is would be Colorado. Uh, they they've led for a while, mm-hmm. uh, just recently losing it. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a matter of uh, you know who wants to you know who wants to win it versus who who doesn't want to win it. Um, 
I, it's just another competitive division, like I said. Mm-hmm. I think the surprise really uh, in this division is the Dodgers in the basement. That's a surprise to me. I kind of thought after the season that they had uh, last year that they would have come out and uh, would be doing a, putting on a much better showing than playing 417 ball. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's that's a surprise on the other side. Right. You know, you 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 know, we thought they would be contenders and here they are in the basement. Yep. Uh, you know, now when we say they're in the basement, they're seven games out. Mhm. You know, um, you know, we were just discussing the Angels who were nine games out mm-hmm. and that they're still competitive. Right. So, you know, seven games out, I don't think it, you know, you're going to necessarily write them off, but uh, you know, in that division, it looks like it might be a little difficult to come up with a seven, you know, to gain those seven games back. Well, yeah, and I think you're making the point that, uh, you know, that it's kind of obvious. I mean, really, when it comes right down to it, nobody's out of it at the at the end of May. You know, I don't care what season, I don't care what year it would be, nobody's going to be out of it completely at the end of May. So, uh, you're absolutely right. The Dodgers, I mean, uh, if we get except to, for the Marlins and the Cubs. Well, you might, yeah, you might be right there, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and maybe the Astros. But um, <laughs> yeah, the Astros too, as well. But uh, uh, but no, you're right. I mean, if we're talking about the Angels having the potential of coming back, then certainly the Dodgers do as well. Yeah, and the and the Padres for that right, matter. Right. Right. You know. Uh, funny little incident that occurred uh, that uh, you and I were taking a look at uh, real quick uh, before we jump into a little real quick chat, and we only have about uh, six minutes remaining. Little, some quick chat. We'll do some quick chat about some of the races that took place yesterday. But funny, funny uh, situation that you and I were both looking at. Uh, game uh, that uh, the Cleveland Indians were involved in. Uh, manager Terry Francona going out to argue with the umpire, and uh, apparently it was uh, right at the beginning of the seventh inning stretch, so it would have been in between innings. And he's arguing with the umpire. Uh, at the same time that the uh, stadium decided to play God Bless America for the uh, for the uh, uh, for the seventh inning stretch, and uh, if you haven't seen it, folks, you got to go look this up because we, we talk about we talk about uh, certain sports being gentlemen sports. Uh, you know, golf is a gentleman's game, and tennis is supposed to be a gentleman's game, and what have you. You know, where there's a lot of emphasis placed on. Uh, manners and what have you. Well, if this isn't one of the most gentlemanly things you can possibly imagine where you're seeing Terry Francona getting into an altercation, or not an altercation, but into an argument with the umpire, and as soon as the <laughs> God Bless America starts, both of them take their hats off and have got their hats over their hearts, and uh, they stop, stand at attention, right in the middle of the argument. It is very, very amusing. If you get a chance, go and take a look at that. Fun stuff. Yeah, that animated GIF is hilarious. That is very funny. Three guys. <laughs> very, very funny. Uh, you called in on uh, Frat House Saturday the other day, uh, Sidekick, and we were talking a little bit about the Indy 500. We were talking about the tradition that the Indy 500 uh, has with Memorial Day. And, yes, indeed, I did sit and watch the Indy 500 yesterday, and Tony Kanan won the uh, race. Uh, in the end, after 12 attempts at winning the Indianapolis 500, this was a fast race. I, I, you know, I love watching it, Psychic, because of the speed of these vehicles. 
Average speed on the track was 187 miles an hour. That was the average speed in the end. Um, but in many, many cases, cars were being clocked at 218 to 220, almost 225 miles an hour. It was a fun, fun race to watch. Um, and congratulations go out to Tony Kanan. The uh, incredibly uh, 68 lead changes in the race yesterday, which I think broke the record by like 20 plus. Uh, I think the most lead changes there had ever been at an Indy 500 was somewhere in the area of like 45 or something to that effect. And uh, there were 68 lead changes in uh, the race. Wow. Went two hours and 40 minutes. So it didn't go too, too long. Uh, And like I said, it was just a fun, fun race to watch. Uh, Unlike its counterpart over in NASCAR, uh, which actually went four hours and 35 minutes, and i got to be honest with you, so I, kick, I didn't think it was all that much fun to watch, uh, particularly near the end, as it seemed like there were constant, constant cautions that were just slowing the race down. Uh, Kevin Harvick, in the end, won the race. Uh, Casey King came in second. Kurt Busch came in third. Uh, and as you pointed out, uh, well, my fantasy team was destroyed. Um, yep, my picks were destroyed. And uh, some of it was uh, destruction as a result of uh, a Fox cable line. Uh, give us the update on that one, apparently, Sidekick. Yeah, so apparently, um, you know, uh, sometimes you can see it on some of the camera views and you can't. But they run a, uh, basically it's uh, three wires that they run over the racetrack with a camera suspended. And apparently there was a failure, and one of the cables fell onto the track uh, and uh, wound up causing damage to 19 cars. Yep. The car was the race was actually red flagged while NASCAR inspected every single race car yep. for damage. And then they, they went ahead. Uh, well, Mark Martin and Kyle Busch got the worst of it. Um, I think uh, Kyle was leading the race at that point and was one of the first to hit the cable. Uh, Mark Martin actually, Mark Martin and uh, uh, Ambrose had the cable actually wrap up in the chassis of their cars. Brake line broke on uh, on Martin's car. And uh, at, as well as you had some spectators at the race, here we go again, yep. uh, were also injured and sent to the hospital. Uh, I believe all of them were, re- were re- uh, released from the hospital. Correct. Um, but that incident involved, uh, resulted in two red flag periods. That stopped the race for 30 minutes. Yep. Um, and the guys typically under red red uh, red flag, you don't get to work on your car. But they gave uh, those teams that uh, were uh, uh, damaged uh, 15 minutes to work on the damages. Um, but you know what kind of weird luck is that? I mean, you know, just decimated uh, some folks' hopes of uh, winning. Yeah, and we've seen this camera used in other venues. I mean, they use it all the time in football. Uh, there's never been an issue. Uh, of course, you don't have you don't have vehicles driving around a football field, uh, you know, running at rates of uh, you know 130 to 140 miles an hour. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're 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 familiar, folks, with this particular type of technology. We've seen it even used in basketball games. So, I guess Fox will be taking a look at uh, that for future uh, events. 
Yeah, and they've come out and they said the use of the camera has been suspended indefinitely while they investigate the cause of the failure. Right. So we won't be seeing those angles, I guess, from uh, NASCAR anyhow. Yeah. Yeah. All righty, folks, that's our uh, show here for Memorial Day. Uh, Sidekick, thank you very much for being here with me today. I appreciate it. We'll get you back on again, I'm sure. And uh, for all of us here at Fan Junkies Radio, I wish you uh, the very best Memorial Day. Thanks very much, and catch us on Wednesday.